Welcome to the spookiest podcast this side of the Appalachians. I'm Sam. And I'm MK. And we are your hosts here on East Coast Haunts, where we're going to be talking about some of the creepiest locations around the East Coast of the United States and telling you the history behind them. And we're jumping in on our first episode with a site that both of us have actually visited together and separately, and it's regarded as one of the most haunted inns in America. This one is a great site for both of our horror fanatics and history buffs, so without further ado, let's get into it. The Farnsworth House Inn is located in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, which coincidentally was also the site of the Battle of Gettysburg, which took place from July 1st to July 3rd in 1863. And before I get into this, I just want to put a little disclaimer out there that I am not a history major, and most of my information came from online. So if you happen to catch a little snafu error in any of my information, please feel free to send us a DM on our Instagram or our email, which we'll give at the end of the episode. Anyway, so the Battle of Gettysburg is known as the turning point of the Civil War because the Confederate Army, which were the Southerners and they were pro-slavery, the bad guys, Mm -hmm. were defeated by the Union soldiers who were from the North and they put an end to a string of Southern victories. The Confederates could not recover from the loss of life and massive casualty count. So that is just another thing that kind of contributed to turning the war in the Union's favor. But let's jump into the Civil War a few weeks before the battle. So Robert E. Lee, which should sound familiar, is a Confederate general, and he had planned to invade the North and force a Southern victory. He was fresh off a win at Chancellorsville in Virginia, so he had a little bit of a home field advantage, but that occurred from May 1st to May 4th, 1863. The Union Army, which was much bigger, was led under General Hooker, which (laughs) is a really unfortunate last name, Um, but it should have been a win for the Union Army, and it was not. Uh, The Confederates were running out of food down in the south, so they wanted to head north. So they crossed the Potomac on June 16th, and they entered Pennsylvania. The Union Army was a bit of a shit show. Abraham Lincoln, you know him, was worried that Britain and or France would begin to recognize the Confederacy as a legitimate state. Lincoln kept replacing general after general after several major losses at the First and Second Battle of Bull Run and the Battle of Antietam, among several others. And it got to a point where the Union Army had gone through four generals in seven months. That's brutal. Isn't it? Um, So General Hooker wanted to capture the Confederate capital of Richmond, Lincoln said no, and he wanted to pursue Lee and the Confederate troops instead, because what point in having the Confederate capital when Lee is running amok in the north? And so Hooker resigned, and General Meade, who is famous, was appointed on June 27th, 1863. If you have to say he was famous, though. How famous could he really be? I mean, besides I Grant, Civil War era. Okay, okay. besides Grant, <laughs> he's probably the most famous Union Civil War general. I don't know. Again, not a history major, but <laughs> fun little fact about my major. 
Meade was a civil engineer, just like me. He also was unfortunately not that great looking and had a little bit of a temper, so they called him Ye Old Snapping Turtle. That's a nickname. nickname. (laughs) You know, my dad's nickname in college was Turtle. Why? Because when he used to, oh, I actually think it was high school. When he used to play football, his pads were so high on his shoulders that he didn't look like he had a neck. Oh. So they called him Turtle. Ye Old. But anyway, this brings us to the end of June, where Lee orders all the Confederate troops in the North to meet in Gettysburg, where they are very surprised to see Union soldiers, and Union soldiers are very surprised to see them. Awkward. The battle began July 1st, and on the first day, Lee attacks with the majority of his forces and causes a hastily assembled Union defense to retreat. I don't know if this was part of the plan or if they got really lucky, but they retreated to an area called Culp's and Cemetery Hill, and that became useful high ground for later in the battle. So now they have this really good position, even though they retreated. Was it called Cemetery Hill before the battle even happened? Yeah, okay, so this is the weird part about that. Cemetery Hill is named after a cemetery at the top of the hill, but the funny part about it is while the Union troops were there, there was a sign on, like, the gate, I think, surrounding it that said all people that came in with a firearm would be prosecuted. Well, they would have had to have prosecuted a lot of people at <laughs> Busy day. day for the attorneys Seriously. in Gettysburg. <laughs> um, and so this first day was considered a Confederate tactical success because they did not attempt to take the hills back from the Union. Lee's orders were, if it was practical they could try to take the hill back but general longstreet who was another confederate general decided that it was not longstreet actually ended up being more of a reasonable general than lee did and that's not to say that he was a better general than lee but lee took chances yeah which we'll see soon and they paid off for him in the beginning of the war it did not this time around again another spoiler but this is like you know it's 300 years old so 300 it's like less than 200. What? 1863. Wow. It's like 150, <laughs> 160 years. Um, so, second day, Union defensive lines formed a fish hook like shape and held lines against Little and Big Round Top, the wheat field and the peach orchard on the left, and Culp's Hill and Cemetery Hill on the right. And there were so many bodies in the wheat field by the end that they called it the harvest of death. Oh, God, that's graphic. Yeah. Um, Most of the fighting occurred in Cemetery Ridge, which, fun story, when we visited Gettysburg together, we took a Segway tour of the battlefields. And if you don't know what a Segway is, it's what Paul Blart rides in Paul Blart Mall Cop. Um... It was an interesting time. It was pretty fun. We had to take like a 45 minute course on like how to use the Segway. Yeah, we had to go through like a little, like all these like hoops and stuff and videos. And every Segway was named after a horse that was actually used in the Battle of Gettysburg. I remember one of the horses was named like Captain. We all wanted the Union horses. None of us wanted the Confederate, the Confederate Segways. And my poor younger sister got stuck with, I think it was a Confederate horse <gasps> named Plug Ugly. That's like worst case scenario. I know, it really Plug is. Ugly. That has to be the worst horse name. It was pretty fun though. I mean, overall, I remember our tour guide was like super intense and he would get mad at us 
when we messed up on the segue, but... Honestly, it was probably a safety issue. Yeah, But probably. highly recommend. I mean, it was a fun way to see the battlefield. It was definitely fun. Definitely yeah. fun. Required the least amount of steps. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. was nice. So, anyway, Longstreet decides on the second day of battle that he wants to redeploy. In other words, he's a coward and he wanted to retreat. And Lee said, absolutely not. So the Union starts to push back against them, and the second day consisted of a lot of last-minute saves by Meade. So he was running around plugging holes in the Union line, and at one point there was like a mile-long gap in the line that Confederates were about to uh, infiltrate, and he just redirected troops over there. And yeah, the second day went better for the Union army. Starting to lean in their favor. Yes, So the third day is what most people know about, if you know anything about the Battle of Gettysburg, it's the infamous Pickett's Charge. Ah, yes. So down in Cemetery Ridge, there was a huge Confederate attack on the center of Union lines. And Meade had correctly predicted this attack the night before, which is kind of crazy to think about that. that? I don't know. He was playing chess and they were playing playing checkers. checkers. The Union army held their fire so that the Confederates would be under the false impression that the cannon batteries were inoperable that's so tricky i know but it's also risky like what if they hadn't fallen for it then i have no idea but i'm glad they did fall for it (laughs) yeah and lee fell for the trick and he thought (laughs) he thought the cannons had been disabled longstreet knew that sending a charge in against Union Army. He had a feeling that they had something up their sleeve. Okay. He knew it was going to end in disaster, but he had to relay Lee's order to Major General George Pickett. There he is. Um, he could not even bring himself to give Pickett a verbal order because he just had such a bad feeling that something like was going to go wrong. Okay. He knew. He had a gut feeling. Well, he was right. Go yep. with your gut. And so... 12,500 Confederates were fended off by 10,000 Union soldiers, which at first when I was reading those numbers, I was like, 2,500 is not that many people, but then you have to consider that they're all coming at you with like a bayonet. Yeah, they don't have like machine guns or anything. No, I would not would have wanted to have been on the Union side for that one. The yeah, underdogs. One, they're, oh, they're outnumbered by 2,500. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah. But they still fended them off. Wow. Yeah. So thank God the Union only ended up losing like 3,100 men, but the Confederates lost over half their soldiers. Wow. So, I mean, altogether, that's like, I mean, quick maths, like what, 10,000 people? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit less than 10,000. Wow. On just the third day. On just the third day. So this was known as the bloodiest battle of the Civil War because there were over 50,000 casualties for the whole battle. Jeez. So no wonder this place is haunted. Oh, my God. But something that I actually didn't know, and maybe I'm just stupid for not knowing this, but casualties are not just deaths. They're actually injuries like that take you out of commission and deaths. Oh, no, you're not stupid because I thought that a casualty was a death. Yeah, because okay. that's how it's used in, like, the common vernacular. Good to um, know. So, so 50,000 people either died or were, or taken were wounded. Out of battle. Yes. Okay. So there was a huge loss of manpower, and it was part of the reason that it was considered the turning point, and a huge part of the reason that the Confederate Army surrendered at Vicksburg the very next day. Wow, okay. So Vicksburg was a stronghold, Confederate stronghold on the Mississippi River, and by taking control of that, the Union Army effectively split Confederate territory in two. Wow. 
and that was kind of what turned the war in their favor. So Gettysburg played a huge part in the turning the tides of this war. So what does this have to do with the Farnsworth house? I don't know. That's what I was wondering. I'm going to explain it. Let me connect it on back. It was built in 1810, and then brick facade was added to the original wood structure in 1833. It's named for Elon Farnsworth, who was a Union general that died in a charge right after Pickett's charge on the third day of battle. Okay. Unfortunate for him, but he is immortalized now, so... I guess there's worse ways to go. Actually, probably not. But anyway. Um, (laughs) So this was a civilian house at the time of the Battle of Gettysburg. And it was smack in the middle of the action. Yeah. The Sweeney family, um, someone named Harvey Sweeney, owned this house until the Confederates took it over. And the Sweeney family actually stayed in the basement during the battle, which I think I would have gotten the hell out of there. Yeah, I would have Ubered out of there or gotten an Airbnb or something. Gone and stayed at the Gettysburg Hotel right down the street. Yeah. Okay, so they stayed in the house they during the battle. They stayed in the basement during the battle. That's absurd. I know. So the Confederates took over this house as a home base, a shelter, and makeshift hospital, which they were putting, like, injured <laughs> injured soldiers in the dining room which like could you imagine your childhood home being overtaken by the enemy and then also there's like yeah that's gonna cause some that's gonna cause some uh traumatic memories yeah um (laughs) anyway and not only was it used as all of those things but it was also used as like a sort of crow's nest what I i don't know what that means okay so basically they're is a window in the attic that is facing Union lines on Cemetery Hill okay. that Confederate sharpshooters would use as, like, a sniper hole, like a sniper spot. Oh. And get this, they would actually line up in the attic, and if one sharpshooter was hit in the window, they would just drag his body to the corner of the attic, and the next one in line would just hop right in that window and start picking off some Union soldiers. How many times has that happened? I have no idea, but it was enough that there was a pile of bodies in the corner. Oh, my God. So, and not to mention, this is in the heat of the summer, the beginning of July. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Could you imagine, first of all, how hot that attic is? Yeah. And second of all, the smell? That's atrocious. You could not have paid me. Um, anyway, so a stray bullet... That was shot from this window. They think they haven't. They were trying to trace the angles, and it's either from this house or a nearby house. Killed the only civilian to die in the Battle of Gettysburg, and that was Mary Virginia Wade or Jenny Wade. So she was killed by a bullet from the Farnsworth house. Yes, they think. They okay. think so. Um, she was only 20 years old, oh, which is God. really sad. And the worst part about it is that she would have fled her house, which was further up the street. Um, Baltimore Street, but her and her mom stayed with her heavily pregnant sister Georgia McClellan, Aww. which in in which is now known as the Jenny Wade House. Okay, I say heavily pregnant. She gave birth one hour before the Confederate Army arrived in Gettysburg. Oh God, I know. So oh. Jenny Wade, could you imagine? First of all, any worse timing? No. I but you can't, it's in. not, I mean, that's not her fault, though. No, it's not. You can't travel with a newborn baby. Well, the fact that the mom and the sister waited for her is very, very sweet, but it makes me sad. It does make me sad, too. Um, 
especially because Jenny was inside the house when she was hit. She okay. was in the kitchen kneading dough for the Union troops to make them bread. Oh. Um, when the bullet went through two doors and her shoulder until it entered into her heart. That's surprising because I feel like bullets, especially in the 1800s, would not be that, like, strong. Right? That's but what I, I thought, so. too. I, I don't mean, know. That's crazy. She was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. You know? And that's really sad. She was engaged to Jack Skelly, who was wounded and captured at the Battle of Winchester in Virginia, and he later succumbed to his injuries, but they both died without knowing that the other had died. So I don't know if that's sad or if it's like a little bit of a silver lining. Yeah, that maybe they saw each other on the other side. And he was a Union soldier, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay. Um, But now they're both buried together in Evergreen Cemetery, and she's the only woman to have a U.S. flag flying eternally above her grave besides one other woman. Do you want to take a guess who that was? I'll tell you that she predates Jenny Wade. Predates? Yes. So, how about, I mean, this might have been around the same time, but Harriet Tubman? Nope. Martha Washington? Nope. Do you have one more guess? It's the American flag. Oh, Betsy Ross. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Good <laughs> job. Really bad. Really <laughs> Nicely done. And the next day, this is actually really sad. I, I, this is sad to me, but her mom used the dough that Jenny was kneading to make bread to feed the troops. Oh, God. Isn't that sad? Yeah, that's hard. Oh, God. I feel like I would be a little insulted if I died and my mom made bread out of the bread I was making. Yeah. Yeah. And then took credit of it, like as if it was a <laughs> but... That's really hard. That's really Isn't, sad. I mean, it yeah. is really sad, but I guess we all mourn in different ways. Yeah, exactly. Who knows what we do eventually. Yeah. So the third day, the Union troops take the house over after Jenny has been killed, and they kill all the Confederate soldiers inside, which is, like, a mm, little too late, you know? Yeah. If they had been there a little bit earlier. Yeah. Poor Jenny. It was used as a hospital, and here's the weird part, though, is it's never specified that it was used as a Union hospital, so they think that they may have treated both Union and Confederate soldiers there. In the Farnsworth house? Yeah. Oh. So there was no they discrimination. They just Harmony? Wow. Yeah. I guess once yeah, the battle's once over. Once the battle was over, they yeah. just put the different people in front? I don't know. Yeah, but now you can visit the house today, and there's bullet marks in the brick facade there's over a hundred bullet marks wow. outside that attic window so the union troops are really opening fire Seriously. on them yeah lincoln actually made a point to pass the house on his procession on the way to give the gettysburg address oh. right and now the best part about this house is it is a lovely little bed and breakfast and houses a lot of civil war artifacts and it is on the list of the most haunted places in America. So without further ado, we're going to move into the second part of the podcast, which is the hauntings of the Farnsworth house. So we're going to get into the hauntings of the inn. And before we get into the specifics, I just want to go over the two main haunting types that happen at the Farnsworth inn. So the first is residual. A residual haunting is when there is a ghost that does not know that they are a ghost. So it's a non-intelligent ghost because, you know, he doesn't know he's dead. Sort of like um, in the sixth sense. Is that how it is in the sixth sense? I think. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Well, I could be wrong. Basically, it's when a ghost doesn't know that they're a ghost. They're repeating an event, often a traumatizing one. For example, something that happened right before they died or an event in their lives that um, really traumatized them. 
and it happens when the energy from said traumatizing event still remains. So there are plenty of residual hauntings in the Farnsworth house. The other type of haunting is an intelligent haunting, which is where a ghost does know that they're a ghost, and usually they're there to deliver a message of some sort, and in order to make themselves known to the outside world, they try to manipulate um, something like electricity or um, make a loud noise, do something obvious because they want to be seen. So, like, typical haunting stuff that you would think of in, like, a haunted house? Exactly, okay. like, yeah. So most hauntings that you hear about are intelligent, it seems like, but the residual hauntings, there are plenty in the Farnsworth house. So I never knew that there was mul- there were multiple types of hauntings, so kind of I had heard once we went on that ghost tour them refer to something as a residual haunting, but I never really knew what they meant by that. Yeah, well, now... Well, I now guess we it do. makes sense that there's, like, residual energy still there. Yeah, because obviously, as we just heard from MK, there has been a lot of tragic history in Gettysburg. So many young soldiers who died who are probably not ready to meet their maker quite yet, um, which makes them ideal candidates for being spirits that stick around um, and haunt residually. Hmm. So there are a lot of apparitions here, and most of them are believed to be soldiers. In the Farnsworth house, there are anywhere from 14 to 16 ghosts. Holy cow. Yeah, there's a lot. So some places said 14 because originally there were 16 ghosts that were reported here. But a couple years back, I couldn't find the exact year, but a couple years back, they had some sort of ghost release ceremony. And they allowed any ghosts who were stuck in the Farnsworth house to pass over to the other side. That's actually really nice of the people at the Farnsworth house to do that and offer that service for them. I know, especially because most likely the Farnsworth house, like, one of the biggest draws is the ghosts. So yeah. it's kind of nice that they gave them a chance. But apparently only two of the spirits crossed to the other side, so. Oh, okay. Not many, not as many as you would expect. Yeah, right? Yeah. I don't know. I guess they like it there. So the spirits of the Farnsworth house include an eight-year-old boy named Jeremy, a handful of soldiers, a former midwife, and many, many more. People report hearing disembodied pacing footsteps, uh, silhouettes that are often seen throughout the house. People will feel someone on the edge of their bed. Oh, God. And it gets worse. <laughs> you can see, people will see a divot at the end of their mattress like someone is sitting there. Oh. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that one was no. one of the freakiest ones. Um, people often hear a harp playing tunes from the attic, which is apparently there was a Confederate soldier whose, I guess, his assignment, his mission during the Civil War was to play the harp. Why? During the battle, I don't know. I guess to keep morale high. Yeah, I guess to like give a background score. Yeah, keep things dramatic. I don't know. But wait, I feel like I remember the attic being like through a trap door when yeah. we took the thing. How did he get a harp all the way up there? I do not have that information. <laughs> but there was a trap door. I don't know how he got the harp. I'm assuming maybe in the 1800s and an old timey harp was small. Maybe. Oh, maybe it was like a handheld. Yeah. Mobile harp. Yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> so, yeah, but people, I mean, one of the most common hauntings is that harp being played throughout the night, um, and people hear it right above in the attic. That's such a haunting instrument, too. Like, out of any instrument. I know. A harp is not one I would choose to hear in the middle of the night. Why couldn't it be, like, the triangle or something? I was thinking more of, like, a saxophone. Like, that might be, Ooh, that might keep things A sensual haunting. <laughs> a jazz. <laughs> but, um, the harp is a an example of the residual haunting because it's like the ghost doesn't know he's playing it for all eternity he probably just thinks he's playing some jams for the boys dropping some heat (laughs) yes so heavy breathing and the scent of cigars are also some very common 
sights and scents and sounds in the house. They just needed to unwind after a long day with the broskies. Yeah, uh, they had to take the edge off, I guess. You know, they actually used to drink, like, this apple brandy stuff. What, to, the soldiers? Yeah, to, like, apple. I guess to calm the nerves, that right? That kind of sounds good. It's kind of, like, Angry Orchard-esque. Mm, are we allowed to say that? Copyright? I don't think Angry Orchard is going to go for <laughs> us. <laughs> um... Okay, so then another one that I know will probably freak people out the most is that the second floor bathroom has been reported to have blood running down the walls. Immediate no. Yeah. No, no, no. So no just thanks. like you were saying with the sharpshooters upstairs, how they kept getting killed and then just thrown into like a pile of bodies, oh, obviously the the blood was coming down, trickling down from oh, there. Oh, God, is that where it's from? Oh, um, I didn't even think allegedly. of that. Allegedly. Well, that's pretty darn scary. So as you, so if I saw that in the middle of the night, all bets are off. I'm running out into the streets of Gettysburg, and one can only hope that I stop to remember to pull up my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would be my foremost thought. <laughs> not my proudest moment. <laughs> Definitely not. So, yeah, needless to say, most of the hauntings do seem to be from those soldiers who died. Uh, but there are plenty of other ghosts who are not necessarily men. For example, there is, um, a presence in the Jenny Wade room, and often people describe it as, like, a female presence. Um, they say that things move on the wall, um... How can you tell if something's a female presence or a male presence? That's a very good question. I guess I feel like a, a male presence would be more foreboding and chaotic, whereas oh, yeah. a female presence would be a little more calming. No offense. No, that's true, because if I woke up to, like, a male presence in my bedroom, I'd be freaking out, but if I woke up to, like, a female presence, I feel like I'd be I'd be more freaking confused. out slightly less. <laughs> slightly less. I think I'd just be more confused. Yeah. Well, then you would not want to be here because most of these are male spirits. So another very interesting story that I read about, so of course we're talking about all the different hauntings, like there's been blood on the walls and you smell cigars, you hear a harp being played, all that stuff. All residual hauntings so yes. far. But there is one haunting that I read about from um, in a Baltimore Sun article from 1995 that was kind of interesting, I thought. Basically, there was a young couple... Um, who was going away for the weekend with their newborn, and I guess they decided to stay at the Farnsworth house, which is kind of an interesting place to stay with a newborn. It's family fun for it everyone. Is, yeah, we did. I guess we did go on a family vacation, yeah. here, so I can't knock it it's, too much. It's a little strange to bring your newborn baby to a, like, widely known haunted, haunted place. Yes, but... You just stay at a regular Airbnb. But, but these people decided to stay there. And then this is the weirdest part to me. Not the haunting, but the fact that the husband got in the bath, like no. to take a bath. Who bathes at a hotel? Showers only in hotels. You heard it here. I know. Like you're asking to get a venereal disease. Oh, gross. But anyway, so he is whatever, having his little bath time. The wife puts the baby on the bed and she goes over to say something to him. I'm not sure what that is, but um, basically when she came back from her husband in the bath, the baby was on the floor, and it seems, I know, it's like kind of funny. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it's weird because it seems as if the baby was like a newborn, like swaddled, so oh. I don't think the baby like fell, like the baby I was envisioning was like, like placed a mobile there. baby. No, I, I mean, I don't know, honestly. A baby on the go. I should track down this couple, but. And ask, no, because that would make more sense why they were confused about yeah. 
a new board being on the ground. So I'm wondering if it could have been, like, there's, like, some spirits there that are, like, very motherly, which I'm actually about to talk about, but I'm like, maybe she was moving the baby. I don't know. So that it didn't accidentally fall off. And no, it was placed on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not like, and it's not like the baby was, like, violently thrown, like, punted across the room. <laughs> so I'm assuming it was a nice spirit. But yeah. Anyway. I just, it sounds like it. I just thought that was pretty interesting. Um, also, really quickly, when we went to the Farnsworth house, we took, uh, our tour guide told us to take pictures of the staircase with our flashes oh, on. yes! Um, and we'll post this on the Instagram, but you can see, like, reflections of old boots, like, soldier boots. Like, Confederate boots. When you take a picture with the flash on. It's so weird. It's creepy. Uh, and it could be a trick of the light, but... It's definitely, I, I'm not to be, it's definitely a light trick, but... It's it is. It's still cool. It's, it's still, still cool because really it really cool does look thing. like boots. So yeah. we'll post that, and you guys can see if you think it's real or not. So anyway, like I was saying with the story from the Baltimore Sun article, there really aren't too many malevolent spirits here. Most of them are happy to have you. They're pretty hospitable, and one of them is named Mary. She's one of the more well-known spirits in this house. She's kind of like the matriarch. She's thought to have had some sort of caretaker role, like maybe she was a midwife or a nurse back in the day. Is this the feminine presence that you were talking about? Yes, exactly. Okay. So Mary, we don't even know if that's her, they, they call her Mary, but it's, it's not, um, she's not like directly based on someone who definitely like, lived they there. they don't have any records of her Exactly, or yes. Okay. Not that I could find. So apparently when she's there, she's a super comforting presence. Um, she'll brush your hair off your forehead. Um, she'll tuck you in. Sometimes people smell flowers. They did say something about, like, smelling a rose perfume. Yes, in the yes. Tour. Yeah, so that's, yeah. apparently that's Mary, if you smell flowers oh, and you feel, like, comforted. And apparently she is also the ghost that likes to sit on the edge of people's beds. Oh. Yeah, so it makes it a little bit that's, less creepy. Yeah, yeah definitely not as creepy now. Like a motherly Like a motherly. Presence. Yeah, exactly. So another presence that is not so comforting is named Ooh. Walter. <laughs> so, so, it's hard to be scared of a ghost named Walter. I know. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Walter was apparently a Confederate soldier who was staying at the inn during the Battle of Gettysburg. Ooh. Um, shortly after posting himself up there, he received a letter from his lover, and she broke up with him. Oof. Traumatic event, right? Oh. So then he gets shot and dies, and most likely he died like being mad at his girlfriend for breaking up with him. So he kind of brought this, like, Andrew Tate energy to the afterlife. <laughs> kind of a rough day for Walter. Yeah, it was definitely a rough day for Walter. So, of course, he dies. He's mad at women. Now, as a ghost, he lashes out towards women visitors. So apparently, one time, there was a male guest that dared Walter to show himself, and Walter got pissed. And instead of, like, I don't know, like, squaring up with the man, he threw a chair at the man's <laughs> girlfriend. All right, this ghost just sounds sexist. Yeah, I, I I'm sorry. I So, uh, yeah, apparently he also um, dislo- allegedly dislocated someone's shoulder. Oh, God. Um, I so mean, like, this is all hearsay. Yeah, yeah, it's all hearsay, but, I mean, that's, like, <laughs> also someone. That's kind of violent. A lady got her head shoved into a chair <laughs> with substantial force, I read. So, yeah, Walter is, he doesn't seem very nice. Like, he's not... He just sounds like he's venting frustration from a rough day. But it's like, come on, bro, get over it. It's been 200 years. 300? A little bit. Uh, less than 200. Okay. <laughs> Take um, my word for it. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Walter is definitely 
one of the meaner spirits in there. Um, but he's kind of like the only mean spirit that I read about. Okay, wait. Actually, I remember listening to a interview with one of the like innkeepers. Oh. And she had a story that actually involved some pretty well-known figures in the paranormal world, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Which, <gasps> if you don't know oh. them, they're like the demonologists that appear in The Conjuring, like the Annabelle series. Yeah. They have some kind of um, like museum? a cult, mu- yeah, an occult museum or something like that. And basically, what happened was one of the previous owners of the Farnsworth House Inn had bought a mirror at like an estate sale and the frame of the mirror had belonged to originally a painting by a guy named Clarence and Clarence was not a good guy he actually murdered a tour guide on the Gettysburg battlefield for like pocket change how long ago was this I couldn't tell you. I think like, was this recent like did he recently murder? I think within the like the last few decades Ooh. maybe like I I maybe like was he a hitman? No, he was just like a broke kid looking for money, I think. Oh my god, Clarence. Uh. So as Clarence is like in jail, um he's painting these paintings and they're actually apparently pretty good, but the family was ashamed, so yeah. they took the frame off the painting, put a mirror in it and sold it at their estate sale. Now this mirror is in the Farnsworth house and as soon as this mirror is brought into the home, the energy of the basement where it was changed completely. Ooh. I'm talking, like, guests were being scratched, pushed around, especially females. Just, like, violent stuff. Kinky. And so, the people at the house were starting to feel uncomfortable, and they brought Lorraine Warren in to do a sort of assessment of the basement, and her recommendation was to either get rid of the mirror completely, cover it for three years, or remove it, get it blessed, and bring it back. They removed the mirror got it blessed and brought it back into the house and they haven't had any such occurrences since wow isn't that crazy especially because it sounds like the ghost or the spirit was not from the civil war no it was more of a recent recent ghost i have to get some exact dates for you so we looked it up and clarence was convicted his name was clarence collins was convicted in the early 1900s Okay, wow, that's very interesting. So there's some more recent hauntings, too? Yeah. Yeah. So going back to the 1800s, though, there is another very famous ghost named Jeremy. He's that eight-year-old boy that I mentioned before. Aww. Basically, he was playing horse and wagon tag, um, which I guess was some sort of game for 1800s children. Sounds safe. Yeah. They would apparently, yeah, they would, I guess, tag the horse, and then the, I'm not sure what the goal was. Um, It sounds like chicken. Yeah, you know it's, yes, about? yes, yeah. something similar to chicken. So apparently Jeremy was playing horse and wagon tag in front of the Farnsworth house, but at some point he was trampled by a horse. Oh no. I know, so yeah, the horse he was playing with, I guess, trampled him, and then Jeremy was brought into the inn to to tend his injuries, but unfortunately he died. Oh. I know, it's really, really sad. So he died in the Sarah Black room, which is the most people say it's the most haunted and active room in the entire inn. Oh, So people say he's a very active ghost. He is probably maybe the most popular ghost. There's something about like a little kid ghost that's just really It's like endearing. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's very sweet. He's very mischievous. Um guests like to play with block letters with Jeremy. I'm not sure how they play it 
with him. I guess they just kind I've of... heard he, like, stacks them. Like, oh, stacks okay. the blocks. Does he spell words? Oh, I don't know. That's veering a little too far into Ouija board territory yeah, 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 yeah. that I'm comfortable going. But he also plays with marbles. He, like, likes to steal coins and stack coins, too. I guess he's a stacking type of Stacker. kid. Yeah. Do you know, I also heard something from the innkeeper at the Farnsworth house that she will find coins that he's taken, like, out of the pockets of visitors everywhere. So she and the other people that work there will put any coins that she finds in this big jar in the basement, and then at the end of the year, they donate it to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. That is so sweet. Isn't no, I cute? didn't read that. That is so Isn't, cute. I mean, that's just, like... That's really sweet, yeah. So make sure you bring some change if you ever visit the Farnsworth house. It's for a good cause. So he also likes to play with little plastic farm animals. You know, he's just, like, a typical little eight-year-old boy. Yeah. Um... He also got the chance to cross over to the other side during that um, spirit oh, yeah, cleansing, yeah. but I guess he chose not to because he's still there. Oh, good. Um, um, not good, but I guess he likes it there, so yeah, yes. it is good. And I was also thinking a reason that maybe he stayed was that his dad's ghost is apparently also there. People would hear his dad banging on the bathroom door of the Sarah Black room, asking for updates about his Aww. son. Is his son going to make it? So that's another example of a residual haunting because obviously it was a very traumatic event for him yeah that it's more tragic than it is scary yeah know? it's like i don't think i would be scared if i saw him i would just feel sad yeah it would just give you like that kind of like ache in your chest yes you know? he's also very mischievous like i was saying when we went to go visit the farnsworth oh, yeah. house um years ago i remember our tour guide told us that he likes to play with cell phones and my mom's phone did i forget what it did i think it like locked itself you know like when like you type in a bunch of like random passwords and then it says iphone is disabled yeah yeah, for for five minutes or whatever yeah her iphone was disabled for like it was only like two minutes or something but it was weird right that's so wild so i think jeremy would have been an ipad kid had he been (laughs) born in the 2000s um but he's very he's very sweet and people really like him which is awesome jeremy yeah so, now that we've gone through a couple of the ghosts, I wanted to go through some Yelp and TripAdvisor reviews. Oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah, so a lot of people have stayed there, of course, and a lot of people said that they, you know, had a great time, but they didn't see any ghosts or didn't have any ghostly activity, but plenty of people did say that they had weird experiences. Lucky. So the first one that I wanted to go over is from this past August, August 2021. Someone said, had a wonderful time in the Schultz room. We heard banging from the attic, and the room we confirmed as being empty next to us was very noisy all night. Those ghosts were getting rambunctious. Yeah, seriously. So I thought that one was kind of cool. Because usually if you hear banging from the room next to you in a hotel, it's not something that you want to investigate. But in this case, maybe you do. Good to check it out. you don't. So our second review is from October 2019. Someone said... With seven exclamation points. Oh my god. This place is haunted! <laughs> Damn, and do I mean haunted? Again, six with the exclamation, exclamation points. points. Either that or the power of suggestion nearly shoved my big old butt off the side <laughs> of the bed the last morning we stayed there. I was shoved very hard on my shoulder. No bruise or mark, but it does make you think, hmm. And then they said, yes, there was a little, a little alcohol. Never any drugs involved before you ask. So I don't know if we can take this. I don't know how seriously we can take this one. Because Sounds they, like it may have been a violent hangover. I know. A I, scary yeah. hangover. If you... So then we've also got one from May 2019 where someone said that they heard intermittent footsteps all night long. They heard Ooh. people 
or something tapping on their walls. And the box of marbles that was in their room had been moved around. Ooh, Jeremy. Ooh, Jeremy action, right? Yes. And then someone also said they caught a face in the mirror located in the cellar. So is this... Oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what Perhaps Clarence came back to play. No, I don't mess with mirrors. Yeah. So they also found lots of orbs in the videos they took. Which, that could be dust. I don't know. It could be, but, like, if you're getting a lot of them... I guess it's less likely that it's a coincidence. Yeah. Or maybe it's just they took dust. (laughs) Clean their camera off. Yeah. So there are definitely plenty of guest experiences that will tell you firsthand that there are plenty of hauntings in the Farnsworth house. And I just wanted to end on a funny little story I read. Ooh, hit me with it. So a couple years back, um, during Halloween, I'm not sure if it was on Halloween or if it was just Halloween season, but there was a local radio station in Gettysburg that was doing a special broadcast inside the Farnsworth house. Um, and the crew was dressed in blue costumes. They did not tell us, like, what they were dressed up as. Maybe, like, Union soldiers? That would make sense. I was going to say Smurfs, perhaps. Oh. <laughs> but they could, but they could, yeah. Maybe they were in, U- it would make sense if they were in Union soldier costumes. Because they kept, they also kept referring to their radio host as Captain Okay. Not sure what that's about. But basically the fact that the crew was wearing blue and they were referring to their radio host as captain all the time, apparently it stirred up the Confederate ghost soldiers. Oh, God. And they, it was, like, the most active night that they've ever had. Like, they that's said... sick. Isn't that really cool? That's yeah, crazy. So I guess the Confederate soldiers got confused and they maybe thought it was... They were in the throes of the battle. So it was a super active night, and all the ghosts were running around, wreaking havoc, fun stuff like that. But I just thought it was pretty cool, right? That's actually really neat. I wish that they had gotten someone, like, recording. I know, right? You would think, because I'm I'm assuming they didn't see anything. I don't really know. Well, it's also a radio, so they probably didn't have any cameras, you know? Touche. Yes, that's very true. Especially this happened, like, in the, like, before smartphones were a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. So I thought that was kind of funny. Interesting. But um, I just thought that was kind of a fun little story to end on. Definitely. But that pretty much wraps up our first episode about the Gettysburg Farnsworth house. That was so fun. It was, right? Very interesting. Like, a lot of stuff, even though we had taken the tour. Like, twice, yeah. I Yeah. I forgot about a lot of it until I was researching it again. It's so interesting. This house has a lot of history behind it, and it's also neat that it has the paranormal aspect, too. It's it's really cool. I would I would love to go back again, now that we have, like, all this backstory on it. Yeah. I would love to go stay. Maybe we'll see if we can make a trip happen, and... If we get two listens, we will go to the <laughs> Farnsworth house. Guys, twist our arm here. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the very first episode of East Coast Haunts. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to follow us on Instagram at east.coast.haunts. Uh, you can also email us with feedback or requests or fun stories at east.coast.haunts at gmail.com. Don't forget those dots. And make sure to visit our website, which is linked in our Instagram bio, for more information on upcoming episodes. And an easy link to listen to our podcasts on any platform that you prefer. We've got lots of fun stuff coming, so thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys soon. Till next week. Bye.